so hard to stop playing the soul music, you know, because it really... For one thing, it's really easy, and for another thing, it wastes a lot of time while we're on stage. We've learned in our travels that teenagers are ready to accept these two chords, no matter how they're played. Because you know that after it did it, the other one is going to come on. We'll never fail. Simple. Some people would say it's bullshit, but we love it, don't we, kids? Meanwhile, welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes or any other platform and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. A wise man once said, information is not knowledge, knowledge is not wisdom, Wisdom is not truth. Truth is not beauty. Beauty is not love. Love is not music. Music is the best. I think that's one of the greatest things that ever came out of anybody's brain, but it only could have come out of the brain of a genius. And that's a term that I don't use loosely. But Frank Zappa was a true genius. Interestingly enough, Frank Zappa left us exactly 25 years ago this week. And when he died, I wasn't a fan of his. I mean, I, I knew of him. I just didn't know enough about him to be a fan or even be sad about the fact that he had died. I read an article in probably Rolling Stone and maybe some other magazines that week about his passing. And I knew he was influential, but I, you know, I hadn't gone there yet. I, I knew of him. Uh, because I'd heard that Steve Vai had worked with him, and, you know, I used to see him pop up in the guitar magazines, and I would actually read Zappa's interviews in Guitar World and, and magazines such as that, because uh, he definitely had a different approach in how he handled interviewers than a lot of the other people. You know, they always seemed, like, real happy to be there, and, and Zappa kind of took on the interviewer a lot. Not that he was being a jerk, but... You could tell he was having a little bit of a one-on-one -on -one more so than just, you know, it being, you know, kind of a laid-back process. I'm sure on both ends, everybody kind of had their dukes up every time Zappa was being interviewed. And I finally got into his music, uh, probably due to, you know, just things like that. The first song I can recall hearing was probably Dancing Fool because it was on a Dr. Demento compilation. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what he sounds like. And I just started playing band in junior high and high school when I heard that song. And I was like, hey, these time signatures are really out there. So obviously there's something to his music. So that was probably what got me started. And I actually read his autobiography, the real Frank Zappa book, for a book report I was doing in high school. And still hadn't really heard a lot of his music. So <laughs> the reason I did the book report is because I knew that it would be at least intelligent. And it's something I could get by with doing a book report on. Something I was interested in at least and could wrap my head around it and not be bored by it. So that's kind of how I initially got into Frank Zappa. Finally pulled the trigger by buying a copy of Strictly Commercial, The Best of Frank Zappa, which... 
you know, I'm here to say if you haven't gone down that road yet, that's probably a good CD to buy because it's a real decent 101 despite the fact that the man put out over 60 plus albums in his lifetime and there's been at least 40 posthumous releases post his lifetime i still say strictly commercial is probably the best one-on-one you could buy you know if you're curious about getting into the man frank zappa so as you can already tell on the show this week we're going to do 10 songs and they're all going to be frank zappa songs the angle that i'm going to go at here is initially i thought maybe i'd just do my 10 favorite zappa songs and i realized as time went on that was going to be extremely hard to do because, yeah, I'm enough of a fan for sure. I don't have all 110 plus Zapper records, but I have a healthy amount of them. I probably have somewhere between 40 and 50. So let's say around half, which includes studio and live albums. And that's a whole other conversation in the sense that, you know, really after Zappa's first era or so, he was basically recording songs on the road and then he'd punch them in in the studio here and there, which is what people do when they record live albums. But the difference is Frank and his band were playing these songs, you know, kind of for the first time in a public setting. So they were new songs and they would just go fix up little things here and there that they wanted to in the studio afterwards. Actually a really, once again, genius way of saving time and money by doing things like that. So when you hear a lot of his records that are supposed to be quote unquote studio albums, a lot of them are actually live. So uh, that all being said, instead of doing my top 10 songs, I figured if you're ever curious about going down this massive, massive black hole that is the Frank Zappa discography, I figured I would just tell you what my 10 favorite Zappa albums are. And even then, this probably really isn't a defined list because honestly i i don't think i've ever heard every album top to bottom so you know it's not supremely scientific but let's just go with out of the stuff that i own i think these are my 10 favorite zap albums as of today as of today i could listen to another one tomorrow and it make the top 10 but let's just put it down here going on record these are the 10 albums i think you should pick up Simple enough. All right. And what what is simple in the life of Frank Zappa? But I'll, I'll do my best here. Might as well start with this one. We're not going to completely go chronological, but I think it would be fitting to start with this one. This is actually from his first ever studio album, his first full length, an album called Freak Out, which truly sets the tone. It's one of the great debuts of all time. And, and true to form, it's not totally pleasant to the fair weather ear but it's never boring that's for damn sure so that that pretty much goes for all of his records it's never boring it, it could be weird it could be unlistenable it could be complete noise to you but it's never boring never so freak out is an important record and i, I think it's got a lot of substance to it and if you didn't know this, uh, this album and Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys were apparently the two albums that helped influence what will become Sgt. Pepper by the Beatles. So two genius albums by two genius artists, Brian Wilson and Frank Zappa, basically helped mold the future of music at that time. So hats off to them, right? All right. So I've talked long enough. Let's get into the music, shall we? From Frank Zappa's debut album, which of course also includes a mother of invention, this album here, Freak Out, is a great standout track and further proof that the more things change, the more they stay the same. This is Trouble Every Day. Well, I'm about to get sick. 
watching my TV. Checking out the news, I tell my eyeballs fail to see. I mean to say that every day is just another rotten mess. And when it's gonna change, my friend, is anybody's guess. So I'm watching and I'm waiting, hoping for the best. Even think I go to pray every time I hear them saying that there's no way to delay that trouble coming every day. No way to delay that trouble coming every day. Wednesday I watch the riot, I seen the cops out on the street. Watch them throwing rocks and stuff and choking in the heat. Listen to reports about the whiskey passing round. Seen the smoke and fire and the market burning down. Watch while everybody on your street would take a turn. The stomping, smashing, bashing, crashing, slashing, busting, burn. And I'm watching it, I'm waiting, hoping for the best. Even think I'd go to praying. Every time I hear them saying that there's no way to delay that trouble coming every day. No way to delay that trouble coming every day. You can heat it, cause baby I don't need it Take your TV tube and eat it And all that phony stuff on sports And all the unconfirmed reports You know I watch that rotten box Until my head began to hurt From checking out the way the newsmen say they get the dirt Before all the guys on channel so and so And further they assert That any show they'll interrupt To bring you news if it comes up They say that if the place blows up They'll be the first to tell Cause the boys they got downtown Are working hard and doing swell And if anybody gets the news Before it hits the street They say that no one blabs it faster Their coverage can be beat and if another woman driver gets machine gun from a seat, they'll send some joker with a brownie and you'll see it all complete. So I'm watching and I'm waiting, hoping for the best. Even think I go to praying every time I hear them saying that there's no way to delay that trouble coming every day. No way to delay that trouble coming every day. Hey, you know something, people? I'm not black, but there's a whole lot of times I wish I could say I'm not white. Well, I've seen the fires burning and the local people turning on the merchants and the shops who used to sell their brooms and mops and every other household item. Watch a mob just turn and bite them and they say it served them right because a few of them were white. And it's the same across the nation, black and white discrimination. The other and you can't understand me and all that other jazz they hand me in the papers and TV and all that mass stupidity that seems to grow more every day. These times you hear something would say You want to go and do your end Cause the color of your skin Just don't appeal to him No matter if it's black or white Because he's out for blood tonight
want to sit around at home and watch this thing begin. But I'll bet there won't be many live to see it really end. Cause the fire in the street ain't like the fire in the heart. And in the eyes of all these people, don't you know that this could start on any street in any town? In any state, if any clown decides that now's the time to fight for some ideal he thinks is right. And if a million more agree, there ain't no great society as it applies to you and me. Our country isn't free, and the law refused to see if all that you can ever be is just a lousy janitor. And unless your uncle owns a store, you know that five and every four just won't amount to nothing more. Though we watch the rats go across the floor and make up songs about being poor. Blow your harmonica, son. Right, kicking off our Frank Zappa tribute show here. It's, uh, not so much celebrating the anniversary of his death, but paying tribute to the man because it's been a whole quarter century since we have not been graced with his presence on this mortal coil. But that was Trouble Every Day from the Freak Out record, his very first record. And true to a lot of artists that have big catalogs, there's kind of like these companion albums that follow. So it's like you know, brother-sister records. If you like this record, you'll like this one as well. So as I'm maybe trying to, you know, guide you through the discography here, if you like that song or you check out the Freak Out record, you'll probably definitely also like the Absolutely Free record and also Rolling In It For The Money. So go check out all of those. I think most people realize that, you know, even if I hadn't said that at the top of the show, he's known for having a substantial catalog. Uh, proof positive here, we're going all the way to album number 20 in Frank's discography, which was a mere eight or nine years after his debut record. He'd already put out 20 records at this point, and one of his more straight-ahead, rock-and-roll-friendly albums, I would say, would have to be One Size Fits All. That being said, you know, it's definitely not normal by classic rock radio standards, but it's definitely one of his more accessible releases. So this is one of those, if you're into the more, what do you, for lack of a better term, normal side of things, I guess, then I would say One Size Fits All is the Zap album you want to go check out. You know, along with a few others, but we'll get to them here on this list, actually. But One Size Fits All, a great album, and just a, a great musician's record. And uh, one of my all-time favorite Frank Zappa songs is on this record. So it definitely edged into the top ten just for this song's mere inclusion. So uh, check this one out here. And features guest lead vocals, and actually harmony lead vocals, which uh, he's not known for to most outsiders, but he would always find guys that could do harmonies with him, you know, with his little soul tenor kind of voice that he had. But he always had great singers surrounding him. And this guy was already a legend at this point. Johnny Guitar Watson. So you're going to hear him on some guitar and co-lead vocals on this great track here. This is San Berdino. Yeah. 
from One Size Fits All, that was San Bernardino. There's a little uh, apostrophe there between those. So it's not San Bernardino. I didn't say it wrong. It's San Bernardino. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. One of his more accessible songs, which is kind of why I'm playing it here early in the episode. And I want to dial it all the way back. Two were only in it for the money. I mentioned that record as a nice companion to Freak Out and Absolutely Free. But uh, We're Only In It For The Money is a really cool top-to-bottom piece of art, I gotta say. And I'm really high on the record right now because just recently scored the 50th anniversary edition of it for Record Store Day. It was on remastered mono, and it just sounds excellent. It sounds just as dangerous and crazy and awesome as the day it came out, I'm sure. I wasn't alive when it came out, I mean, because that was all the way back in 1968. But... I can only imagine like people listening to this stuff at that time and never hearing anything like it ever uh, you know as the trailblazer that Zappa was I you know I could like I said I could just can only imagine I mean and the whole controversy about the Sgt. Pepper parody cover and the label didn't want to put it out and all this other stuff fun fact by the way I recently found this out so in that little Sgt. Pepper parody collage there's a uh, Jimi Hendrix on the very right side of the album cover. That's actually really Hendrix. <laughs> Hendrix showed up to the photo session, heard about it. He was a fan and, you know, mutual fans right there. But uh, yeah, that's really Jimmy. That's not a stand in. That's not a cutout. So there you go. Fun fact there for you. Greatness, recognizing greatness right there. And we're only in it for the money was definitely one of his early concept pieces and it was put out almost, from what I understand, completely just uh, over the fact that Zappa had a lot of hippies showing up to his show. Zappa, not being a big fan of the hippies per se, uh, put out an album basically trashing the hippies. So that's what we're only in it for the money is really all about. So uh, you gotta love that. I mean, you know, an antagonist for sure. A true rebel. So yeah, it's, uh, despite the fact that it's all psychedelic and woo, and I'm sure people that did a lot of hard drugs really appreciated the music that Frank was putting out, but he was not a fan of druggies. He went on record saying he tried pot a handful of times, but he never did anything harder than that, and pot really didn't do anything for him. So when people talk about how, you know, you can creatively open up by using hallucinogens bullshit, point to Frank Zappa and be like, that guy really didn't do any hard drugs. He smoked cigarettes. That's what he did and paid for it at the end. But he didn't take any drugs and he put out this amazing, just original, crazy stuff. So uh, check out an album like Rolling It for the Money and be like, how is that guy not on drugs? But he wasn't. I believe him. Here's one of the more on the nose, hippie bashing songs off of Rolling It for the Money. This is Flower Punk. <laughs> Frisco to join a psychedelic band. I'm going up to Frisco to join a psychedelic band. Hey, Pop, where you going with that button on your shirt? Hey, Pop, where you going with that button on your shirt? I'm going to the love end to sit and play my bongos in the dirt. I'm going to the love and the sick and 
All right, yeah, that's a murder on the headphones, isn't it? That's what he liked to do. That was Flower Punk by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention from the album. We're only in it for the money. I realize that some of you may be pulling back here on this episode, so I'm going to try to win you all back here with this next one right here from his 19th album, Roxy and Elsewhere. I really love this song. It's probably my top five Zappa songs ever. And Roxy and Elsewhere is a stellar record. I definitely put that in the top five. Completely live, but stuff that had never been released before. Once again, we talked about this kind of uh, method of recording that he would do. But this record, it just sounds like he's having a lot of fun. He's real laid back. Everybody's playing great. The material's really cool. It's not too hard-hitting. It's just some of it's real nice, actually. So... Roxy and Elsewhere is something I definitely recommend picking up. It's a good handshake into the catalog. And this is a nice, fun, comedy-type piece. And it has a great intro by the man here as well. So I'll let Frank take this one away. Cheapness. Let me tell you something. Do you like monster movies? Anybody? I love monster movies. I simply adore monster movies, and the cheaper they are, the better they are. And cheapness, in the case of a monster movie, has nothing to do with the budget of the film, although it helps. But true cheapness is exemplified by visible nylon strings attached to the jaw of a giant spider. I'll tell you a good one that I saw one time. I think the name of the film was It Conquered the World. And the, do you ever see that one? The monster looks sort of like an inverted ice cream cone with teeth around the bottom. It's like a, like a teepee or a, sort of a rounded-off pup tent affair. And uh, it's got fangs on the base of it. I don't know why, but it's a very threatening sight. And then he's got a frown and, you know, ugly mouth and everything. And there's this one scene where the uh, monster is coming out of a cave, see? There's always a scene where they come out of the cave at least once. And the rest of the cast, uh, it must have been made around the 1950s. The lapels are about like that wide. The ties are about that wide and they're about this short. And they always have a little revolver that they're going to shoot the monster with. 
and there's always a girl who falls down and twists her ankle. <laughs> of course there is. You know how they are. The weaker sex and everything twisting their ankle on behalf of the little ice cream cone. Well, in this particular scene, in this scene, folks, they, uh, they didn't want to retake it because it must have been so good they wanted to keep it. But they, when the monster came out of the cave, just over on the left-hand side of the screen, you can see about this much two-by-four attached to the bottom of the thing as the guy is pushing it out. And then, obviously, off-camera, somebody's going, No, get it back. And they drag it back just a little bit as the guy's going, now that's cheapness, right? And this is cheapness here. which the peasants in this area call Frunabulax, apparently a very large poodle dog, has just been seen approaching the power plant. Bullets can't stop it. Rockets can't stop it. We may have to use nuclear force. is attempting to lure the enormous poodle towards a cave where they hope to destroy it with napalm. A thousand of the troopers are now lined up and are crawling to the monster. Here, Fido. Here, Fido.
right, there you go. Cheapness from Roxy and Elsewhere, 1974. Love, love, love that record. Probably a good time to bring up the guy that did most of the lead vocals on that track was a fellow named Napoleon Murphy Brock, who's still with us. He's in his 70s, and I saw him perform a lot of these songs, including Cheapness, when I was lucky enough to see Zappa play Zappa back in 06. It was like, I think December 06, I saw him at the Nokia Theater over at Grand Prairie, Texas. It was amazing. I've seen Dweezil and his Zappa play Zappa act one other time since then, but one of the best shows I've ever seen. Napoleon in his 60s at that point, killing it, playing the flute and the tenor sax all night, dancing around the stage, doing tons of lead vocals, like he was still in his 20s. The guy's amazing. Ageless. So uh, I recommend picking up the Zappa Plays Zappa DVD-CD combo. You can see the great Napoleon Murphy Brock just killing it, showing that he belongs on a stage with heavy hitters like Dweezil, Steve Vai, Terry Bozio. I mean, he's the man. So yeah, doing some great stuff on cheapness right there. And I just wanted to give it up for Napoleon right there. Napoleon Murphy Brock. Has about a dozen or so credits on different Zappa albums. Worked with great uh, jazz pianist George Duke, who actually plays on Roxy and elsewhere as well. Has a great solo piece on that record. Just some of the best musicians. Or as Zappa would say, they're really great musicians. But who gives a fuck if they're good musicians? Because they're stupid songs. Yeah, okay, another one of my favorite Zappa songs right there. Little Green Rosetta. That's for the hardcore fans right there. All right, let's move on here. Something completely different. And this album doesn't get a lot of love, even from hardcore fans, but I really like it just as a whole. And and part of the reason I love the album, it's got this really weird, unconventional ballad on there. And not that Zappa didn't compose ballads. He's got quite a, a bit in his catalog, but... This one's like a weird love letter to like this Stepfordized 80s career woman. And you definitely hear a kind of an 80s production on this song, uh, despite the fact that it's definitely a live recording. But it's, it's from the late 80s, I believe about 1988, off of an album called Broadway the Hard Way. And it's not a Broadway musical by any means, although I think it actually got nominated in some Broadway category by accident which is, is really funny to me, and I'm sure a lot of other people, but I, I just really like this album, and it's it's definitely trashing the villains of the day, televangelists, people in the government, you know, people that are obvious villains, but hey, that's why we love Frank. He fought for the little guy, right? And like I said, this is a weird, unconventional ballad, and I just think it's a really beautiful-sounding song. The lyrics, not so much, but it's just a really nice pretty song so which they will ruin with their weird lyrics but another cool thing i like about is that everybody in the band's singing on this and they all get their little piece at the end to sing on and you can tell they're even though they're real tight and in the pocket they're still having a lot of fun with it so i think it shows in this particular performance right here so here's something you might not be expecting a ballad by frank zappa the song is called any kind of pain Broadway the hard way, ladies and gentlemen, Broadway the hard way. You are the girl somebody invented in the grim little office on Madison Ave. They were specific, they made you terrific. Red lips, blue eyes, blue 
and darling, they said so. She's come a long way 
They give her bunches of words she can say When she's in a bold mood Confinement will sound good There you go. That was Any Kind of Pain by Frank Zappa from Broadway the Hard Way, around 1988, I believe. And let's give it up for the great Ike Willis, who was one of his lead guitar players and also co-lead vocalists on most of the 80s stuff, actually. And I love all that 80s stuff. Ike was a big part of that band. And uh, if you pick up any of the live DVDs that are out there, he's on most of them. So great showman and definitely a guy who's in on the joke all the time. So uh, he's going to be on this next track as well. Another really cool underrated Zappa record called Tinseltown Rebellion. It's just got a nice flow top to bottom for me. Love the title track. There's a really cool version of Tinseltown Rebellion that's uh, remixed and I think a better version on Have I Offended Someone, which is a, sort of a companion to Strictly Commercial. If you're going to pick up a one-on-one, if you're down with the more comedy side of Frank and the more offensive side of Frank, check out the Have I Offended Someone compilation. That's a good one to get as well. So you'll find a great version of Tinseltown Rebellion on there. But getting back to the actual album, Tinseltown Rebellion, another predominantly live album with uh, very few punch-ins from what I can tell. And uh, like I said, just got a good flow, great musicianship, all that jazz, all the stuff you're used to hearing these songs so far on this episode. And this one I like a lot. It's, it's mostly instrumental, but it's got some lyrics at the top and bottom of it. But just a, a really neat arrangement. I just don't know how a brain comes up with stuff like this. So uh, check it out here for yourself. Get out your copy of Rolling Stone. This is Easy Meat. This girl is easy meat. I've seen her on the street. See-through blouse and a tiny little dress. Her manner. In this street, I knew she was easy, easy, easy meat, easy, easy, easy meat, easy, 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 easy meat, easy meat, easy meat, easy meat. Sweat and moan Rub my head and 
beat me off with a copy of Rolling Stone.
Can I just ask some, any, everybody here, did anybody see me puke on stage? Did you? I puked on stage. You puked on stage? I did, and I was right in the middle of singing Easy Me or something. And all of a sudden, I started puking out of my mouth, and I just put my hand over my mouth. Out of sight. I thought you guys all cut that. I got really sick from jumping around and stuff. All that scotch and water. It's weird, I only did it for about a second. Oh. And I was just like a little sound. I kind of shoved it back down my throat and went on singing. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is strange, man. Ratso Rizzo. He saved it because he might be hungry later. <laughs> Get the big pieces. All right, there you go. Easy meat. And I threw that clip in there at the end of the song. That was from one of the You Can't Do That on Stage Anymore compilations with tons of great live stuff on there. And that was from a handheld cassette that somebody recorded at the airport. And uh, I'm not sure who that was that was admitting to puking on stage during Easy Meat. But I figured since I played the track, I always thought that was a funny clip. So I just went ahead and included that in there. And as little bonuses... Stuff you can only get here on Rock Strikes 10. Speaking of hazards on the road, I figured I'd play this song now from probably my favorite overall Zap album, top to bottom. I'm a big fan of the Joe's Garage record. All three acts, acts one, two, and three. It's hard to describe Joe's Garage much as it is hard to describe most Frank Zappa albums, but one of the true concept albums in his catalog, you know, a lot of them maybe have some loose concepts to it, but this one definitely tells a story. It's not the best story ever, but it's interesting, and it's basically a tale of uh, almost calling the PMRC like seven years before it happened. You know, this is like the late 70s and talking about abolishing music by the government and all these other weird things. Not that it was a new idea, but talking about it here on this record, following the adventures of this one guy who starts a band, and it goes down a lot of weird paths. I I don't really want to spoil the album, but it gets into some really tawdry stuff. But all of it's in good fun, and... They kind of just, you know, fuck off with the concept by the end of it. And it ends in these two great songs, Watermelon and Easter Hay and A Little Green Rosetta, which I referenced earlier in this episode. Another fun thing about Joe's Garage is it has all the principal players of what would become the band Missing Persons in the 80s. You got Dale Bozio, Terry Bozio, and Warren Cucurulo all on this record. I'm pretty sure it was Frank that just told all of them, like, hey, you kids are young and you're good looking, you can play. Why don't you start a new wave band and make a million dollars? I'm sure that's how it went down. But uh, yeah, that, that's another fun thing about Joe's Garage. You can also hear some great drumming by uh, an amazing session guy, Vinny Kaliuta, who's referenced on the album as well. Two great drummers on this album. Vinny would wind up uh, playing with Sting and even played on Megadeth's great record, uh, The System Has Failed. So there you go. A lot of great fun tie-ins on this one album, Joe's Garage. My favorite Frank Zappa album. First time I ever heard this song, and I heard it multiple times over a PA just before Motley Crue would come out. They would always play this song. 
This is Crew Slut. Just get on the bus. And water makes its own sauce. So you don't forget, call before midnight tonight. The boys and the crew are just waiting for you. And you don't need to wash it. Hey, I'll buy you a pizza. Of course, I'll introduce you to Warren. The boys in the crew are only waiting for you.
good. A lot of the boys in the crew love leather. And rubber? Yeah, they like rubber too. Shrink tubing with a hair dryer. Spot on the bench for a guy with the wrench in the <laughs> You like that, huh? I told you you'd love it. It's a way of life. <laughs> Guys in the crew have got a present for you. Like a Telefunk in U47. <laughs> You'll love it. With leather. <laughs> from his 28th opus, right there, officially, that was Crew Slut from Joe's Garage Act 1, officially. But get all three acts of Joe's Garage Acts 1, 2, and 3. Once again, my favorite Zappa record. Let's move over to record number 34, an album called You Are What You Is. And a recent favorite of mine. I hadn't picked this record up uh, until like a few years ago. And it's got some of my all-time favorite songs of Frank's on here. This is kind of the one where he really gets into picking on the televangelists, organized religion, and stuff like that. I'm a fan of that. Uh, you know, any of my uh, God-fearing friends who are friends of mine uh, may want to fast-forward for the next five and a half minutes or so, but this album is really off the wall. It's not unlistenable, but it's got a lot of... Uh, he uses tons of flanger effects on the vocals and stuff like that. Some people really don't like that. That's truly some people's brown sound, which makes them just nervous, anxious, and maybe even lose control of some bodily functions here and there. But... It's kind of all over this record, so if you don't like that sound, you're not going to like You Are What You Is, but truly a record that no one's really been able to catch up to, and you could say that about most of his catalog, yes, but there's really no other album quite like You Are What You Is, and this is one example of that, a song I initially heard a great live version of on Have I Offended Someone, so yet another reason to get that compilation. So here's the original studio version from You Are What You Is, of the song Dumb All Over. Whoever we are, wherever we're from, we should have noticed by now our behavior is dumb. And if our chances expect to improve, it's gonna take a lot more than trying to remove the other race or the other whatever from the face of the planet altogether. Without no feet and pretty 
Religious, there won't be no street For dummies to jog on, or doggies to dog on Religious fanatics can make me all gone I mean, it won't blow up and disappear It'll just look ugly for a thousand years You can't run a country by a book of religion Not by a heap or a lump or a smidgen of foolish rules Of ancient date, designed to make you all feel great While you fold, spindle, and mutilate Those unbelievers from a neighboring state Two arms, two arms Hooray, that's great Two legs ain't bad Unless there's a crate They ship the parts to mama in For souvenirs, two years Get down Not his, not hers, but what the hey The good book says it's gotta be that way But their book says Revenge the Crusades With whips and chains and hand grenades arms, two arms, have another and another, our God says there ain't no other, our God says it's all okay, our God says this is the way, it says in the book, burn and destroy, repent and redeem and revenge and deploy and rumble thee forth to the land of the unbelieving scum on the other side, cause they don't go for what's in the book and that makes them bad. Chopeth them up and stompeth them down Or rent a nice French bomb To proof them out of existence While leaving the real estate just where we need it To use again for temples in which to praise our God Cause he can really take care of business One is humble TV servant with humble white hair and humble glasses and a nice brown suit. And maybe a blonde wife who takes phone calls tells us our God says it's okay to do this stuff, then we gotta do it. Cause if we don't do it, we ain't wide up to heaven. Depending on which book you're using at the time, can't use theirs, it don't work, it's all lies, gotta use mine, ain't that right? That's what they say every night, every day. Hey, we can't really be dumb if we're just following God's orders. Let's get serious, God knows what he's doing, he wrote this book here, and the book says, he made us all to be just like him, so if we're dumb... Then God is dumb, and maybe even a little ugly on the side. <laughs> dumb all over, a little ugly on the side. Dumb all over, a little ugly on the side. Dumb all over, a little ugly on the side. Dumb all over, a little ugly on the side.
feel weird just playing that song by itself because really it's part of this whole three-part anti-televangelist trilogy which goes into the song Heavenly Bank Account and then Suicide Chump. It's truly an experience, so another reason to check out You Are What You Is. Uh, The second to last entry that we're going to talk about here, it's a little bit of a cheat, but I gotta say, it is one product that you can buy. So it does count as just one record, in my opinion. But we're going to talk about the album Lather, which can either be pronounced as lather, as in soap, or leather, as in the material. But however you want to say it, uh, it's a really huge undertaking. The initial idea of this release was Zappa had a four-album contract with Warner Brothers. I've read a lot about this, and I'll try to do the People Magazine version here, or the Reader's Digest version, if you will. So Frank was like, well, I'll just uh, fulfill the entire contract right here and there. So he turned in an eight-sided record, (laughs) which counts as four records. So he's like, okay, that's my deal. You know, where's my money? Whatever, you know, so... Warner was like, no, we're not going to put out a four-record set of anybody, much less you, because, uh, you you know, your sales don't exactly set the world on fire. You sell to a specific group, they buy your stuff, and we know what kind of numbers to expect. So we're not going to get into this, like, heavy packaging of a four-record set. Zappa, not being happy with what he heard from them, decided, well, I've turned in the record but they don't have the rights to the material because they're not going to put it out. So I technically still own this material. So he went on K-Rock in Los Angeles one night, played the entire test pressing over the air live, and just said, and gave people fair warning, get your tapes ready, because I'm going to play the whole damn thing right here. (laughs) Which obviously did not fall in good favor with Warner Brothers. They wound up releasing most of this material over the course of four separate albums which is Zappa New York Sleep Dirt, Orchestral Favorites and Studio Tan I'm I'm not quite remembering what the order is here but those albums uh, you know consist of the lather material so I say get the lather release because that knocks out four records right there and really is truly some of the best stuff he's ever done. There is no rhyme or reason to the style and theme of the material because it goes from like his regular type of rock and prog rock all the way into just instrumental experimental stuff. But it's all good. I think this album is is one of those great undiscovered gems that you could possibly get in this lifetime. So go pick up Lather. So if you get the CD version, it's a cool three-disc version. It's got a cow on the cover. They reissued it out about five or six years ago uh, with the original album cover on there with Frank's face covered in shaving cream or a pie or something like that. I'm not quite sure what that is on his face, but I think it's shaving cream. That all being said, this album is greatness, and you should definitely pick it up. It was hard for me to pick a selection to represent this album properly. There's real no way to do that with one song. So I'll just pick one of the more fun songs off of here. This is one of the first songs I ever heard from this record. And, you know, I was talking about Joe's Garage with the people from Missing Persons on there before. That was Dale Bozio's voice on Cruise Slut. You will now hear Terry Bozio playing the voice of the devil on Titties and Beer. 
It was the blackest night, there was no moon in sight You know the stars ain't shining cause the sky's too tight I heard the scary wind, I seen some ugly trees There was a werewolf walking along the side of me I'm meeting on bed, you know I ain't no sissy Got a big kitty girly by the name of Chrissy Talking about her in my bike and me And this ride up the mountain of mystery I noticed even the crickets were acting weird up here And so I figured I might just drink a little beer I said, give me some of that, what you're sucking on But there was no reply cause she was gone Where's those titties I like so well And my goddamn beer is what I started to yell Then I heard this noise like a crunching twig And up jumped the devil, he's about this big He had a red suit on and a widow's peak And then a pointed tail and like a sulfurine Yes, it was him, all right, I swear I know it was He had some human flesh stuff underneath his claws You know it looked to me like it was titty skin I said, you son of a bitch, cause I was mad at him Well, he just got out his floss and started cleaning his fangs So I shot him with my shooter, said, bang, bang, bang Then the sucker just laughed and said, put it away You know I ate it all up, now what you gonna say? You ain't my Chrissy. Titties and all. Well, what about the beer then, boy? Uh, were the cans this tall? Even her boots? Would I lie to you? Shit, you must have been hungry. Yes, this is true. Don't they pay you good for the stuff that you do? Well, you know, I can't complain when the chicks come through. Well, I want my Chrissy and I want my beer, so you just barf it back up. Now, devil, do you hear? Blow it out your ass, motorcycle man! I mean, I am the devil, do you understand? Just what will you give me for your titties and beer? I suppose you notice this little contract here. You're goddamn right, you son of a whore. Don't call That's me that. about the only reason I learned writing for. Give me that paper, bitch, your ass I will sign Because I need a beer and it's titty-squeezing time Man, you can't fool me! You ain't that bad! I mean, you should have seen some of the souls that I've had Why, oh, yeah? there was Milhouse Nixon and Agnew too And both of those suckers was worse than you Well, let's make a deal if you think that's true I mean, you're the devil, so what you gonna do? A tinge of doubt crosses my mind when you say that you want to make a deal with me. That's very, very true. Wait, you ain't supposed to want to make a deal with me. Ah, but I'm slightly different than your average customer, devil. But most people don't want to make a deal with me. Yeah, well, most people are afraid of, you see. They don't know how stupid you are. I happen to know that you jack off to a picture of Punky Meadows when you get home. Stupid. You know, ever since that guy told you that he contained more fluid than Jeff Beck, you've been trying to outdo him. Well, look, I'm going to say one thing to you. This may not register right away, but let me say this. I'm only interested in two things. Yeah. See if you can guess what they are. I would think, uh, let's see, maybe... Uh, well, I'll give, you, I'll give you two and, clues. Uh, let's see. Uh, Let go of your pickle. 
What? Let go of your pickle. I'm not holding my pickle. Well, who's holding your pickle then? I don't know. <laughs> She's at an audience. Hey, Dale, would you like to come up here and hold my pickle to satisfy this weird man out here on the stage? I'm only interested in two things, and that's titties and beer, you know what I mean? What? Titties and beer? Titties and beer, 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 titties and beer. No, don't sign it! Give me time to think! I mean, hold on a second, boy, because... And then the devil let go of his pickle and out jumped my girl. They heard the titties plop, plopping all around the world. She said, I got me three beers and a fistful of downs and I'm gonna get ripped. So fuck you clowns. Then she gave us the finger. It was rigid and stiff. That's when the devil, he farted and she went right over the cliff. The devil was mad. I took off to my pad. I swear I do declare. How did you get back there? I swear I do declare, how did you get back there? I swear I do declare, how did you get back there? I swear I do declare, how did you get back there? All right, and how can you not love a song called Titties and Beer, of course, from Lather? You can also find that track on Zappa, New York. You could find a different version of that, albeit slightly tighter version of it, once again on Have I Offended Someone. Titties and beer. Good old times. All right. The last track we'll play here. And if you want to do a cheat when picking up just 10 Zappa records, you can also take care of yourself and get two classic Zappa records for the price of one. One of the original Ryko disc CD releases combined apostrophe and overnight sensation onto one CD. So that's kind of the entry I'm putting forward here. Apostrophe and Overnight Sensation, great companion records, arguably his two best records. Some of the more accessible stuff, once again, for sure. It's got Don't Eat the Yellow Snow on there, Dynamo Hum, stuff like that. Stuff, uh, crowd favorites, for sure. So I'm not down on those two records. They're, They're very good. They're classic albums. So what to pick from those i'm gonna play one of my favorite 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 zappa songs ever once again another one that's in my top five zappa songs of all time and i figured it's a great way to close out my frank zappa tribute 25 years gone gone but not forgotten his influence still felt by anybody who actually cares to operate outside of the box the guy never lived inside of it Proof positive once again with this song right here, Zombie Wolf.
closing off our tribute to Frank Zappa. Long, long overdue tribute to Frank Zappa. That was Zombie Wolf. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I, I don't anticipate everybody enjoying this episode. So I'm really curious to get your feedback on this one. Uh, whether you loved it or hated it, I'm just curious. I want to know. I, I don't care. Bring it on. Ways you can interact is on Facebook. You can go on Twitter at RockStrikes10 with 10 spelled out, T-E-N. Uh, you know, if you need further links, go to cnjradio.com, home to all the episodes of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones that aren't on iTunes. While you're on CNJ Radio, check out the Synaptic Empire featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. It's such a great show. I mean, obviously, Frank Zappa was a true alternative. Randy's show is also that. Check out Last Theater with my cnjradio.com partner Chris and my best friend. He does a great movie show over there. I'm on most of the episodes as well. So go check out Last Theater where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Also the flagship of cnjradio.com, the wrestling house show where we give you monthly wrap-ups to mostly WWE programming where we cut out all the fat and give you one true great supercard to check out for the entire month. We do a great public service there on Wrestling House Show. Great stuff. Tell your friends, even if you're not a pro wrestling fan. The two new additions to cnjradio.com we got coming up here, and they're they're in the bank. We just got to post them up on iTunes, so keep an eye out for Talking Rock, starring Mark Striegel, co-hosted by me. Talking Rock lives, and it's on cnjradio.com, as well as talkingrock.net. And the sixth show in the cnjradio.com canon, I Am Vinyl, with myself and the great Pete LaRussa. Uh, we already have, like, the first couple of episodes recorded, working on a third one right now, so when that show comes out, it's going to hit hard and heavy, and I hope you enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Speaking of the great Pete LaRussa, of course, extra special thanks to him and Space Beard for the awesome outro we played on every episode Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for more information. Purchase their latest album, Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Man, we're kicking off December with a bang. we got so many great shows coming up, even just before the end of the year. Stay tuned over the next few days. We're going to have Nola's birthday here on Rock Strikes 10, where she takes over the show. She programs the whole thing. It's a lot of fun. You're going to hear a lot of great acts on that episode, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, there's other stuff going on, too. I've got a really special episode coming out with Loose Cannon of Cobras and Fire, where we celebrate the 25th anniversary of an album that really never gets celebrated. So tune in for that. Just teasing that for you there. And also, for sure, for the rest of the year, of course, the annual Christmas episode, our New Year's Eve rock dance party. And then when the ball drops, you will hear the best albums of 2018, according to me, myself, and I. And I'm sure I might even sprinkle a few more episodes in between now and then. But if I don't, don't kill me. That's a pretty good menu to have right there. At least I think so. All right, we're going to go ahead and get the hell out of here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, let me know. I'm super duper curious. This one's for Frank. The rest of you, I'll see you in the next one. Have fun.
Okay. If you throw anything else on the stage, the concert is over. House lights, the concert's over.